0: everybody. Welcome back to Comp Day. So happy to have you join us. This is actually the last episode of this season. I don't really have seasons, but I have bulks, but the last of the bulk. But we have a really good episode coming out, and it's about um, confrontation in the workplace, basically how to say what's good and still not lose your job. Um, So for Employee of the Day, I wanted to celebrate A phenomenal Desi sister named Nabiha Saeed, spelled N A B I H A S Y E D. Um Nabiha, I might not be saying her name correctly, so I apologize for those who'm not you know, I may be offending. Um Nabiha has um Pakistani roots and she is um she has been termed as one of the best Emerging Free Speech Lawyers by Forbes magazine. She um, has an extensive um, resume coming from as a lawyer, and she has represented BuzzFeed, tons of law firms, and she specifically fo- focuses on the um, free speech. So we thought I thought no one better fitting to be celebrated as someone who tries to fight for our right to make sure that we can be heard and speak up. Um, so keep going, Nabiha, and I um, hope to possibly meet you one day. Um, but great job. Um, so I have two amazing humans with me. Um, I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves, um, just giving their name, their um, cultural and ethnic background, and what they do for a living.
1: Hi, I'm Devorn. I am not an amazing human being. Um, I'm like, okay. I am African and Tibigonian. Woo! And you know, it's so great. And I do social media.
2: Cool. Um, hi, I'm Hill Santana and I am Puerto Rican. New Yorican. Hey! (laughs) I am actually a poppin' human being, so that's who I am. And I am an event planner.
0: I have these two lovely beings with me. Um, We actually... I have worked with Suhail before, and she has really coached me through some of the craziest confrontations i've ever had in the workplace <laughs> and um i now work with Devorn and they're best friends and i didn't know we would end up working together i moved to a new job and then Devorn just showed up like hey i'm Devorn and i was like oh what's good <laughs> and um we became besties so we're all like besties they're they're closer individually to each other then i'm closer to them but i still love them so much and i'm so glad i've been celebrated with them in my life you see the lord <laughs> will do look at god look at,
1: <laughs> look at him look at him
0: he will hook you up he won't will, he do it or she will hook you up <laughs> um but to start this episode we know that a lot of young professionals of color have a very um difficult time in the workplace when confronted with conflict just because we are stero- a lot of us are stereotyped as um either being too aggressive. Um, dangerous in the workplace, (laughs) um, too um, confrontational, actually, or we are dismissed. And it is a very big hot point for many people, and I thought that it was um, just important to really touch upon this and to just share our our experiences. Um, We're as expert as we can be, (laughs) and we're going to just try our best to maybe make someone's reality a little better um, and we have some questions from the outer community um, we asked and we did receive so we have some questions we are I'm going to share with um, Suhail and DeVorn and they're going to um, give kind of their take on each of the questions but before we go into it I think a main part of dealing with confrontation is knowing your communication style and I'm going to ask um, I'll start with DeVorn who is late um, DeVorn was hella late um, mm. First of all, bitch, you don't need to do all that. It's the usual. It's all right. I love her, though. She's so good to me. She's so good to me.
1: How dare you call me out.
0: It's all right. You're on PC time.
1: Thank you. Sure
0: Even is. though you've been know about this. But it's all right. I love you. She'd be there for me. So, um, Devorn, how would you categorize your communication style? Um, yeah.
1: like I mean, I'm pretty open and like direct i'm also really like sarcastic and bitchy so (laughs) that doesn't necessarily make for the best like or it didn't make for the best like confrontation style when i had workplace issues when i was like younger obviously as i've gotten older i've learned to rein it in and be bitchy in professional terms (laughs) (laughs) that's my communication style
0: Per your last email, per my last email. I can see you already.
2: my last email. Um, for me, it's actually similar. Um, I'm very direct. I've always been very, very direct. I fluff it up when I have to, when I'm trying to get my way, to be frank. Um, but I am very much known. I have been known in all of my professional positions to be a very direct communicator, Um And, you know, touch a sass here and there, but always proper. And I think that that's something that, right, as people of color, we have to think about around how, around our grammar, around our language, around how direct is too direct. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff, but that's definitely, that's always been my style and uh, I've been all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you've done good for yourself. I think you, I've seen you navigate some situations, some people and, you know, the viewers don't know because they can't see you. She's very gorgeous, but her eyes don't play when she is not playing with you. <laughs> she gives you a look like, no. <laughs> that. it's Her face gives you, like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> not today, not tomorrow, not ever.
2: <laughs> ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like Andre said before, like, we are, we've been friends for, like, ever. And she's taught me, like, a lot of things about... How to advocate my for myself and do it in a way that isn't confrontational or like stereotypical, and I like really appreciate her for that. So she
0: absolutely knows what she's talking about.
2: Hey, mm-hmm. I know things. You're so
0: smart. <laughs> <laughs> I know from my personal communication style, um, I was very, I was bred to be very um approachable, prim and proper, non threatening and um that's so, very much instilled in me i'm very like i like to play like coy like i like to play like i'm like you know one of the british ladies in court and i'll be <laughs> like oh i'll I'll shade you but not like in a um not in a super dark way i've been learned to, i've learned to become more direct mm-hmm. um but i i know i don't, i'm not one to pop off right away mm-hmm. um i'm very much like i like to still respectfully um communicate so like if someone's acting a fool i'm not gonna get on their level i'll let them pop off in the workplace and then what i'll do is i'll wait to get them alone and say hey is this a good time to talk um maybe like get them in a hallway close the door whatever i have to do get on their level whether i have to sit or stand with them whatever stands they're in and kind of tell them i don't raise my voice and i'm very clear like okay when you did x thing earlier you know i want to come to you in a space of respect and this is how you made me feel or this is what this looked like when you did x and this is what i'm not going to tolerate and it's not okay And um, I wanted to come to you and have this conversation. And This is my goal. I really speak about goal and facts. I'd be like, this is the goal, shared goal we have. And I always say, like, I think we're having a, a mishap in communication, which most of the time it is. It's just a mishap. People have different communication styles. And some people have to learn, like, the way they communicate may come off as disrespectful to others and, like, understand, like, you have to, like, meet halfway. We can't all get our way. Um, whether no matter what level you are in the workplace, um, so I want to actually start with the very first question, very interesting question, and I think, oh, I know y'all are gonna be ready for this. (laughs)
2: Let's go for it.
0: So we're gonna talk about what it's like to be tokenized (laughs) among (laughs) among a sea of white walkers Mm. in a a, in a progressive workspace. So my question, the question that one of um, our listeners gave us is, um, I'm going to say, read him the message he sent. Um, in nonprofits, especially work servicing uh, minorities, and there are all white staff members providing those services are mostly white folks providing it. Sometimes they have the one token brown person that they ask all the questions as if they can speak to every POC's experiences. I'm sure it happens in other fields, but just don't know about these particular instances. So they're um someone that's always played with that. So um have y'all been um referred as the resident Negro in the workplace? Ooh, <laughs> and, yes. and and how um have you um can you name an instance that happened to you and how you um learned to navigate that?
2: Yeah, I can I can speak to that. Um I feel like I've been very tokenized in many places. Um and I now know how to deal with that in, in a in a different sort of way. I think that in the earlier parts of my career it felt very jarring and really weird to be pointed out as the person like, oh well you're brown, you're Latina, you're Afro Latina, you're black, you know, how do your people feel about this? Or can you talk to can you talk to this from a Latina perspective? Um and what I've learned really quickly is that the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I can speak to it from my perspective. I, c- I cannot speak for an entire community, um, nor will I speak for an entire community. And I've just been very clear and direct around that. Um, and I think that in in the tokenized space, I think that that's just something that happens to me. And what I've done is I've learned how to elevate that leadership and When you're tokenized, you're a person that people want to hear from and that people look to as like, oh, this is this is the good one. This is the good brown. (laughs) Good brownie. A little good brownie out here. (laughs) That's real. But. What you do, I think, in my opinion, this is what I've done, is I've I've know that there have been places where I've been tokenized and I help elevate the voices of other people of color. And so when I'm asked for an opinion as the resident, you know, person of color as a resident Latina, I say, this is what I think. Maybe we should be speaking to a few other people. Or when there are young leaders in the organization, I say, Hey, I think this would be a really good opportunity for X person. Um, And so I take I've taken I've taken my space as a tokenized person um, to help elevate other people. Right. Because if you're going to hear me, you're going to hear all of us. And that's just what that is. And I'm not I'm not going to sit here alone and I'm not going to just sit in leadership on my own either. Right. Like I come up, everybody's going to come up with me. That's why I love you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was so good, Babu. Thanks. Um, For me. Yeah. So I'm black, black, black and then gay. (laughs) And so I get tokenized by both things. And in my like career, everyone was sort of cool with like tokenizing the gay part of me. And so was I because it was like fun and I didn't know any better. But as soon as like it was like very clear that like I'm black first, second, and third, uh, they couldn't handle like me being not okay with being tokenized for being black. I think one of the first instances was getting asked like oh what are the hottest urban podcasts or like magazines and it was just like you're urban you know it's like do you know anything about me like britney spears isn't urban i'm trying to read cosmo and so just having that like uh perception and it's like uh, I don't know. And then, you know, my blackness was questioned at one point and that felt like shit. And at, like, my next role, like, as I got older, um, when it happened, like Suhail said, it was like, okay, how do I use this to my advantage and make it be very clear that I don't speak for an entire community and with me because of my, I was going to say confrontation style, but it's communication style, I'm confrontational always. So when the tokenization happens to me, my initial response is to be like, I want to point out that this is a problem because X, Y, and Z, and then let them know why it's not okay. Still saying like, I don't speak for the entire community, but this is my lived experience, but also use that to not only get myself ahead, but other people of color at the organization. So it's like, if you're gonna tokenize me and ask me this question, then I'm gonna throw a solution at you that's like, why aren't we doing more diverse and intersectional work? This is what we can be doing. So if you want like to ask me this like one piece of advice, you're gonna take the solution and deal with it. And also for me, I also like use that as a way of like, you know, saying some shit that like if it wasn't getting tokenized for it, wouldn't be okay. But it's like, (laughs) what are you going to say to me? You just singled me out (laughs) to being the only black person here. And when I call you out on it, you're going to get mad that I'm calling you out. So you're either a racist, ignorant, or an asshole. You don't want to hear either of that. It's so true. Oh, wow. But yeah, it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. Because like, you, if you want to succeed, sometimes you have to like, play into it. And it just is what it is. But also making sure that like, You have very defined principles of, like, what you're not going to do, where your line is, and how you're helping others in this space.
2: Yeah, I think that some of my most powerful moments in being tokenized is taking taking that moment and turning it into something positive. So it's like, so you're going to come to me and ask this question, and I'm not going to tell you that you're a little problematic. Like, I think you're a problematic white person for tokenizing me. Um, Or I think that this question is tokenizing, or what have you. I've been in multiple situations where – I'm a person of color standing up for other people of color. And then I got a follow-up call. It's like, hey, can you teach us how to be better to the people of color? And it's like, (laughs) this is part of the problem. Just because I'm a Latina woman in a primarily white space, in many spaces, not only my workspace, right? It doesn't mean that I can fix your issues, right? And I've taken the the opportunity to take those moments as learning moments for other people and just be like, "Hey, look, this is also part of the issue. You should probably go speak to a professional. There are many people who work in diversity and inclusion space. And you know what? it's 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 not me right now." I'm just trying to plan events. Or,
1: or <laughs> run me my money. Like, right, you or run, me, run, my run money, me my money, which is,
2: you know, that's that's the other part of that. Yeah, <laughs> as a result of me being asked so many of these questions, I do actually now consult on some of this because I was just like, I get asked so much that too much. I just, way too much that I just make money off of it on the side now. Why not? And right? I think
0: operations. Right,
2: sorry. That's so that's how you take tokenization to the next level. Like You're going to tokenize me, you're going to pay me for it too.
1: Yeah, I think one also thing to recognize, and it's like, if you are, like, a person of color going into, like, a predominantly white space, be aware that you are going to get tokenized. Yeah. Like, no matter, like, if they say all the right things or whatever, you will be absolutely tokenized and just go in with your eyes open. So this, is w- this way you're not surprised about it and you already can, like, formulate a plan because even white
2: liberals are trash white
1: people.
0: So that's they're, that.
2: They're trying their best. So right. But still, trash. Mm-hmm.
0: So I want to segue into our next question. So that was yeah. more like that's good for folks to know. On that's what we be going through in progressive spaces when our coworkers actually ask us what we think. Uh-huh. Mm. So let's go to the opposite when they don't want to know what you think. Sure. So this is from someone who is from the corporate world, um away from the um, nonprofit space. And this person um, says, "Can you speak to the subtle confrontations?" that oftentimes arise in group settings. In, when I'm in meetings where the majority of people are white, cis, straight men, um, where what I say is either questioned before I can finish a thought or only agreed to when a white guy repeats either verbatim or in summary of what I said. While this often happens to me, I see it happening more frequently to women and the most to women of color. It ha- and this is from a man of color. I um, just want to uh, um, just want to clarify. It happened to me twice this week, and I witness it happen to three women in the in my job. Basically, it's mansplaining, though in this instance, it's minority and woman splaining. I've experienced this at two bulge bracket banks over my six years in the industry, and even working on a non auxiliary boards occasionally occasionally i call it out almost always indirectly or through a d- quick joke most of the time i just let it go conference rooms in midtown are not an easy place to call out this subtle confrontation but it's unmistakable and i would love to explore ways to change corporate culture
2: yeah that's a big one um And it's it's interesting. I think that there are there are many ways that 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 can be tackled. I think that calling it out or calling it in is the primary way. And that's not always comfortable, but it's it doesn't go away if we don't if we don't take if we don't take the power to make it go away. And when those situations become too uncomfortable, I think it's also okay to just pull people to the side and be like, hey, look, this thing that you said was not okay or in whatever way it is that you want to communicate it um one of the things that I feel is really powerful one of the things that I always remember when I'm walking into a room where I know I might be the only woman I'm probably the only woman of color um or I might be the only person of color is remembering that when I walk into a room my ancestors walk in with me and that you need to stand up for that, right? Like, we're in these spaces, and we we just can't— I can't tell you how many times I've shut down people who try to take my ideas. Like, we can't be about that. They've done this to us for far, far too long. And it's uncomfortable, and it's hard, but our entire history has been uncomfortable and hard. So just take the step and do it and know that it's going to be hard and know that somebody's going to give you a side eye and and be willing to take that risk and And if you're not willing to take that big big risk yet, that's okay, right? Like ease into it and start having those small conversations, or at the very minimum, check in with the other people in the room that you feel were also microaggressed or feel were looked over or not listened to because that matters too. There's so much power in community and and we need to take that, and we need to own it um that's That's my stance on it.
1: I'm a very good stance, girl. Appreciate you. Um, I think it yeah, it's definitely harder to do it in corporate settings because you know it's so easy um, for you to get like blackballed or get subtly shaded and like lose projects or whatever. But I think it's super important to um, speak up no matter what. Um, there's that quote that says, "Speak even when your voice trembles." I think because someone else is bound to have the same thing happen to them and they might not have the courage to do it, but if they can see like you speaking up, that can empower them to do it for the next time. And then it'll be um, more of you, like she said, in a community. I think um, ways that you can do it are just, you know, just saying it like again and repeating it when, you know, you hear someone else say your idea, you said, that's great. But I also said that earlier and just say it again or you can take that person to the side. I know for me, I don't have a problem ever um speaking up. And when I was in um my like corporate job before, I would always just like speak my mind because I have to. Like it like I I belong in this room. Like I'm here because like I belong. So I take that wherever I go. And I was like, I have important things to say and things that like they're not even thinking about because of my background and where I come from. And it's just as valid as this person. Also, you shouldn't let anyone um, silence your voice, especially when Mm -hmm. society is doing that for us already. The little victory that you can take for yourself, you absolutely should. And you shouldn't let anyone make you feel like you don't belong there. And again, if you don't feel comfortable like saying it directly in that instant at the meeting, you know, taking it to HR or Asking your manager what's the best way to handle it and getting advice from a mentor to help figure out that process can also be like really helpful and illuminating.
2: And also um, the last piece that I'll say is lean into white allies. And if you are privileged enough to have have one of those, I know that, that, that we don't always have white allies in our spaces. But if you have someone that you're comfortable with that know that, you know, might stick up for you. I you know I can't tell you enough the power of white men um and you know i've I've had some friends of mine that are white men that have stood up for me when people weren't trying to hear me, and so leaning into them um because that's what they're here for, at least if they they say they're about it and they don't do those things and they're not actually about it, right, so lean into mm-hmm. your people's.
0: I can definitely say I experienced that recently. I decided to join this committee. A good friend of mine, I'm going to shout her out because I love her so much, my boo, Bridget. She Mm -hmm. um, invited me to this committee um, to work for this organization to do like a diversity panel with them. Mm -hmm. And the panel went amazing. But within the process, I was the only person of color on the committee outside of the person leading the committee, but they weren't like involved in the everyday meetings. They were involved more on a macro level. Mm -hmm. So on the like, within the meetings I remember my first meeting I like mentioned like oh these are great ideas but I just want to um I, I gave a suggestion and I had this um white woman on the committee kept like basically um dismissing me mm. and there was one point I said like well what, what's different from what I said versus what you said and I said in the middle of the meeting <laughs> and I was very clear and she looked at me I just <laughs> stared at her and she was just I, I, I wrote your thing down I said I didn't ask you that question I just I asked you a clear question I asked you what did I say that was different than what you said and you keep creating an idea of what I'm saying that's not different Mm. um and then a lot of times because if I said something she um at one point in the in in an email chain when I gave like feedback she wrote that I was being um disrespectful to people on the email chain
2: Mm -hmm. and then
0: everyone said i wasn't going i wasn't and then she said people are missing things in translation so i agreed that i wasn't going to respond anymore to this email chain that she looked psychotic on (laughs) and if i printed it and published it she would look crazy but i'm not that form of petty and i don't give a damn about her like that Mm -hmm. but i like told her in person so i heard you know um i just want to address hey like you know i i was um it was said that i was You know, disrespectful, and I want to make sure no one is disrespecting anyone. I don't want anything lost in translation. So I want to give you an opportunity, anyone an opportunity to speak up about this. That's not my intention. Um, but let's, um, clear the air. And she had nothing to say because she's a punk ass bitch. But like, (laughs) but like, but like, but she had nothing to say. But it's like, nah, you think, you think, you an internet thug. Let me tell you, I'm a real one. Oof. like like, don't come for my money don't come from me don't come for anything Facts. so but then a lot of times my boo bridget would have to like white woman explain to her what i would say because mm-hmm. she just wouldn't she wasn't receiving anything i had to say mm-hmm. even though i was the only person of color on a panel that had to do i wasn't on the panel we were planning for it i'm the only person of color on this panel i'm gay and i'm black so i'm a double minority and you okay. don't want to hear what i have to say Try. so she had to keep like representing me like she was my lawyer in the middle of meetings and it was just like you are hella disrespectful but i really respect how bridget really stood in the gap and it wasn't something i had to be asked of her she just jumped in and she really supported me she really explained things for me she really um did her best to use her privilege to help me Mm -hmm. and i have another boo named um daniel also um supported me like there was an event and i got dismissed out of nowhere because um the person asked what I do for a living I explained and it has to do with them um, supporting you know people of color and they mm-hmm. dismissed me immediately and he was like dismissive much to the person right in front of the group mm-hmm. and, went, and I was like this is what white, white allies are very helpful and this they is what are. we and you know and I, and I would say relationship building is key so if you can build a relationship with someone who is white or someone who is white passing mm-hmm. and they can really advocate and support you please do it please please do it because there's certain times that they're just going to ignore us no matter what we say. And it's true. And when, they, and when they say it and then we say it, they're like, oh, I have no choice because I'm getting jumped. It's like, yes, you're getting jumped in the most corporate way possible.
2: Exactly. Also, <laughs> also, one of your own is coming at you, right? You know, and nobody wants that.
0: Mm-mm. So, um, So, this is another way of being dismissed, but when you have someone who is not your boss, who is white, talking to you like they are your boss. Oh. That's called the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> um, Basically giving you tasks like you work for them no. and treating you like
2: you're the help. No. no never. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you not going to do. What you not going to do up in here. I like, you know what? I've, I've had people try to do that to me. I've had people straight up ask me to do, like, let them in the building, print out, registration stuff for them, print out random things. And I'm just like, no, like, no, like, oh, thanks. Thanks for reaching out. That's not what I do. Like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not about that in any sort of way. I'm not about anyone who is, in, in general, not about anyone who's not my manager asking me for things that have little to nothing to do with my job. I am certainly not about white women getting wild at work. <laughs> never. Never. And at this point, you know, whether it's at work or in, in other situations, most of the people that know me know that I'm not about that life. And if they don't know, they find out really quickly. Real quick, and I think that in these situations, it's really important to put your foot down. And to let people know why you're putting why you're putting your foot down like no like that you're you're not you're not the person that I report to no that's not my job no I'm busy or or yes but this is at the bottom of my priorities I'll get to it next week Do you know what I mean like I just I find every possible way to just be like you're you're not important and this is not a thing and I'm not your house servant like that's not how this works. Um, I think that there are some situations that are more difficult than others. And sometimes I'll just forward something to my manager and just be like, get your peoples. (laughs) And I say just that, you know, it's also depends on the sort of relationship that you have with your manager. You don't have to say, quote, get get your peoples. But you can say it in a professional way where it's like, hey, I'm not sure why this request came my way. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can you I help me understand? Right. This is very confusing. <laughs> really busy right now. <laughs> Hope someone can take care of this. <laughs> uh.
1: No, I like to let everyone know right off the back I'm not the one, two, three, or four. So like, <laughs> when I was like a receptionist and I would get these like wild requests, I'd be like, That's not in my job description. And then they would respond, You're a receptionist and I was like, I know, but this isn't in my job description. So <laughs> you might want to find an intern. Um,
2: I had him with that too. Right. Like an intern can do that. Like, yeah, let me let me forward you to this intern that got you. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like,
2: and that's not to demean intern work at all. Interns are all. very very important, but also like there are just certain things that interns are doing that management level folks are not doing and shouldn't be asked to do.
1: Exactly. Right? And you wouldn't
2: ask that of a white manager. Why are you going to ask me to do it?
1: Exactly. And I think that's a thing you have to like think about, especially coming from a white person. It's like, oh, are you just asking me this because whether it's consciously or subconsciously you feel like you have this power because I'm a person of color when you know you're not my manager that you shouldn't even be giving me requests. And um, now that I'm at like a higher level because I'm not a receptionist anymore, but that's like great for people who are receptionists, like good for you. Um, It's like, I know the things that are my priorities. And if that is not a priority of mine, then it's like, I don't pay it any mind. But like she said, if it's something that like, Maybe I can do, then it's at the very bottom of my priority list. And if sometimes I don't know how to handle it, yeah, I'll just like forward something to my manager and she'll just be like, uh, why is this person giving you a request? Like, no. Or I can like make that decision myself and say, I'm not doing this because this has nothing to do with my role. I'm happy to help you find the correct person, but it's not me. I think there's a way you can advocate your, for yourself without being rude but making sure you're not someone's little bitch and that's just how you have to navigate i think as like a person of color in the workplace because if you let people take advantage of you they will and have no problem doing it no matter what so you have to be your champion your defender your advocate and it's okay to say no really
2: Absolutely. And I think that you, if you have folks who are working for you who are also people of color, um, I think it's really, really important to step in and step up for them, too, because I think it's something that happens. A lot of this sort of stuff happened a lot to me when I was um, entry level, right? Like being an entry level person of color is extremely difficult because I think a lot of people are seeing you as the help. So, you know, if that's where you're at, step up for yourself and speak up for yourself. But if you have colleagues or if you manage anyone where that's where they're at, make sure that you're stepping up for them, too, Um, because no one, none of us deserve to be walked all over. Like we work hard for everything that we do, whether we're an intern, a receptionist, a manager, a director. Um, So it all it applies the same regardless of where you are.
0: I know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No. Yeah, and I think that like you make a really good point about like being an entry level person of color. I knew when I started, I was just so happy to have like a fucking job. So I was like, okay, like I'll do everything. This is how my mm-hmm. I prove myself. And it's like that is true to an extent. It's like yes, you should do work like outside of your role to one get that experience and to show that you're a team player and you're capable. But be strategic in those choices. And no one like you worked your ass off to get whatever job it is at whatever level. So whatever that organization or person is, they're lucky to have you never think they're doing you, never think they're doing you a favor. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you're doing them a favor. And if they can't see it, you go somewhere else. Like don't waste your time in a place that you're not valued and do not think, Oh my God, like I don't have anything else. Like they're doing me. No, they're not. They're not. Because if you feel like, used or manipulated at whatever role you're in they don't care about you you're just another number
0: and i think a lot of people forget sometimes they ask you for things because they don't even know how to do it because i know i had that experience (laughs) when in my in my first job and i had a wonderful boss who was white i loved him but there was some other white person i worked with who thought they were my boss and that wasn't cool because some of the way they would speak to me was outrageous. Or the email chains, like, they would just write crazy emails to me with my boss, CC, trying to catch me on something I wasn't in trouble for. And then they'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know you're sorry because you know I didn't do nothing wrong. But, like, I, I just had to be quiet on that one. I was like, he going to check you for me. Like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I got I got my dudes over here going to check you. Like, he knows I'm doing it every- We already had a convo. Like, he's going to talk to you about your wildness. But I remember there was one instance where we in a so I used to work in a shared workspace where, like, everyone's in the same room. And this individual had asked me for something, but I was doing other things. So they didn't tell me when they wanted it. So I said, okay, cool, I'll get to it, you know. Let's say, like, 10, 15 minutes barely passed. When I say I'm going to get to something, it means, like, if you don't give me a deadline, I'm going to get it within, the next six hours or right. end of day. So okay, no, unless you tell me I need this right now. Like, that's not what was communicated. So then he started popping off at me in the middle of the room no. and I just sat there like this and everyone look, heard him and they felt bad for me and I was just like this I sat quiet cause I was like you know what usually I don't confront him front, confront. I wouldn't confront his ass but I was like I was going through something at that time mm-hmm. but I was going through <laughs> something and I was like I don't have time for this you shit said
2: not today so
0: I was just not like this is always, it's always white people always trying me like when my brother went to jail every time someone tried me someone always trying me on the wrong day like I'd be good and they try me and I'm like yo you don't even know what I'm going through I'm going through some nigga problems and you trying to fuck with me <laughs> <laughs> oh god now I gotta check your ass so cause I don't time for this I need to get through it so I legit was like I waited for like I waited like 15 minutes because so I was like I need to calm down I went outside to the bathroom I was like I need to calm down because where I'm from people slap people for that or cuss oh. them out Yo. so I'm all calm down um, <laughs> because these because these people getting too brave because they not used to getting their hands put on them or they not used to getting cussed out so I'm not gonna do that though because I'm grown and I don't do that I haven't been doing that for a many long time and I'm not doing that I'm not trying okay. to lose my money so I told this individual I emailed them and said hey like do you have a free moment to talk you know Cause I'm like I'm gonna still be respectful. I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna model what respect looks like for you since you don't know. Aretha's gonna show you. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, "Can we talk?" And we <laughs> went in the hallway and I just told them like, "Look, I think we had a mis- mishap, and miscommunication. I understand this is the goal. Um, I probably missed something." Um, because you said you basic, but you didn't explain that you wanted this at the moment but what we can't do is you cannot speak to me in the way you spoke to me mm-hmm. that's never going to work for me ever again mm-hmm. and if you do it we will revisit this conversation but i think that there's a way to get what you want in the most supportive way what we're not going to do is that because i don't do no public embarrassment don't you ever i don't do that <laughs> the, if i can handle anything in private don't do it in public because if you do it in public now i'm going to like tell you don't you ever it's yeah. usually I might dismiss something that happens in private. I won't dismiss anything that happens in public.
2: You can't. No, that's yeah. your reputation. I mean, I've had. I can recall two instances: once with an older white man, and once with a younger white woman, where they came at me and they were just in my face, just speaking way too loud, being way too aggressive for my liking, and I've I'm just immediately disengaged. Like this is not. Look. I grew up in the Bronx. This is not how we handle things. You <laughs> ain't coming in my face and asking me to do something and being wild and think that I'm just going to be like, okay, that's not it. But I'm also not going to be, I'm not going to be that Latina, right? Mm-hmm. And so each time I've just been like, I'm sorry, I can't work like this. Like, and I just walk away like, I'm sorry, your tone is off. I can't, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Like I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do it. And i um, in the instance with uh with a young a younger white woman. I was just like, I don't really I don't understand what you want, but this is not <laughs> this is not going to work. I don't people don't speak to me like this. And she just stared at me just like with a blank stare and I was just like, all right, cool. I walked away. Look, I don't you can't let anybody speak to you disrespectful. Absolutely. That's not, that's just not that's not a thing. And also it's like You know, again it all depends on your background and so on. Like it's it's really hard for me to not want to punch somebody in the face when they get wild. So the only thing I can do is disengage and walk away because it's not gonna be pretty otherwise. My
0: thing is I'm sweet as pie, but don't you see my melanin in these curls? Don't you think I'm about to buck up? Don't you think I'm about to buck up. So like I think they get confused when you code switch all the time and they're like, Oh, you Uh, don't know, I don't talk like this. Right. Like (laughs) what you don't don't know
2: is that this isn't my actual tone all the time, Becky. Guys are
0: (laughs) so much better than me.
2: i
1: will i'm i'm confronting like right then right there i'm not gonna like pop off like i normally would like with the hand clapping and the neck moving <laughs> but like i
2: don't do the hand clapping
1: i've had situations where i do the eyes oh, <laughs> where like i have had like some of my wife bosses uh coworkers who thought they were my bosses say stuff to me and i'm like you're not going to speak to me like that, first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, if you need something for me, you can go back to your desk and ask again. Like, I shut that down right as it's happening. Like, it might not be the most polite, but it's, like, calm, and my words are, like, very pointed. But the things are happening, like, in that situation because I can keep a level head. Um, And one of the things that I like to do if, like, I really can't handle it or, like, if I've fed my piece and they come back crying or whatever, I just say, I'm emotionally unavailable at this time. <laughs> I I've love done that. <laughs> no, I've I done love that, too. That, so that works. Like... Emotionally unavailable. Yep. Because,
0: no. I, 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 I applaud you for taking it in the moment because I just don't have that... Um. I'm very good at de-escalating the moment, but to mm-hmm. actually like take it head on in the moment, I need like five minutes because I need, I have anger problems. So I have to check myself and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and I can be medicated sometimes. Oh! So I need to go check myself in the corner and be like, <laughs> let's lower my blood temperature. Let's think about Jesus and let's get it together because <laughs> I'm about to lose my mind up in here. So, but, um, but I know we were, we're going to, um time is um not on our side at this point, but I wanted to talk about boundaries as our last segment. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like, what we discussed, too, um, even I don't even let my father do this to me. I don't let people raise their voice at me. Mm -hmm. Because my friendship group, we're all about love, and my best friend taught me that. Like, we're all about love and respect. Even if we disagree, we don't do certain things. Like, don't curse at me. Don't raise your voice at me. You're not allowed to curse at me or raise your voice at me unless you're my grandma. Mm -hmm. Don't. um, And I love my grandma. She can do whatever she wants to me. I love her. (laughs) That's respect. That's the OG. She can do whatever. Because that's all out of love. Grandma so beautiful anyway yeah she is but yeah you can't but you can't curse at me you can't raise your voice at me and um no name calling and definitely yeah definitely do not put your hands anywhere near me oh yeah because i feel like people have experienced that it's like don't put your hands anywhere near me don't touch my (laughs) things don't lose your fingers like i'll help you real quick but um but i just tell people do not raise your voice like even if they're a supervisor i'm like we're not we're not doing that like i'm not i'm not paid to do this like you won't oh, yeah. be doing that. But, like, um, what what would you say are your boundaries? And I know I share them. Or even my boundary of, like, after 8 o'clock, I'm dead. Like, don't contact me. I'm not there for you. Like, I'm not between 8 o'clock to 9 a.m. I'm, like, offline. Like, and I don't care what's happening because I need to breathe and I need to live because that's how you get mental illness problems. By trying to support sucks. people like you're the slave. People got insecurity issues and they think people supposed to work for them all the time. <laughs> I got my boundaries. But those are mine. What are some of your boundaries?
2: Um... I've I have a lot of boundaries. Um <laughs> I do. My my biggest one is around not raising folks not raising their voice at me. Um that's just not that's not a thing that I tolerate. It's also again, it has only happened to me twice. Um and I've addressed that and I think everyone else knows that that's just not a thing. Um, also don't get wild with me in email. That's not a thing <laughs> because I'm going to forward that to your manager. You know? And I'm going to say what I have to say and I'm going to CC your manager and their manager. Not even BCC, love- like, CC. I'm going to CC so you can CC. see, so you can see <laughs> that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> see where they fucked like, up. Okay. I am playing these games. Um, the work-life stuff, I also have some boundaries. It depends. I think for the most part, given what, what I do, sometimes I have to be accessible in the evening. But during the day... Um, My biggest boundary at work that I think creates issues with folks is that I don't do meetings that are more than 30 minutes. And that. I That's often funny. will only do 15 minute meetings because we don't need to be talking about things that are not facts, updates and things to do. Um, It's my biggest one. I don't take meetings that are last minute. I don't care who you are. Like, I'm just not. No, I don't have I don't have that sort of time. And I'm not gonna stay at work later because you decided on something last minute. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Um, Those are some of my really, really big boundaries. I mean, I've had people who will miss a meeting or are, you know, show up to my meeting 15 minutes late and want to extend and I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> like no now you have 15 minutes of my time what are we gonna do with this like we could do what you want but if you want if you want to have another meeting it's not happening tomorrow or the next day it's gonna happen the day after that or next week um i'm really strict about those boundaries because because time management is important i manage multiple projects at the same time multiple very large projects um and i will say that the folks who have the hardest time with that happen to be white folks are just like wait but and i'm like no it's just a no. Like I said, <laughs> I said what it is. You got to be super, super top level or my manager for me to be like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll do, you know, I'll take a meeting with you right now. Um, otherwise, it's, it's a no. But the like being disrespectful, in my face or being disrespectful via email is also absolutely. No. Also, don't touch my fucking hair. No, <laughs> Tell him. Yeah. Don't touch my hair. People are wild. I've had people try to touch my hair, Andre. Can you believe this shit? And each time I'm like, uh, 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 I got to do the swerve. Like, no, 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 your curls are so beautiful. I ain't for you. Get out. Um, that's, I mean, I have to say that it's a really big boundary. I, I, I put my hair up in like a bun. I wrap my hair up when I do really big events because white people just trying to touch me. It's weird. It's fucking weird.
0: They're trying to fetishize you, girl. Just slap the. It fingers. is a
2: strange... You know, I work with a lot of middle-aged white folk. They don't um, know no better Unfortunately, yet. they don't know no better. They don't know better. But we teach them. We teach them you by doing that sort them.
0: of... So, about DeVorne, we only got, like, a few minutes. I know. I was going to say,
1: you? that would have been a beautiful place to end. But, you know, I'm, like, narcissistic. So... <laughs> you we're sure not are. T- I know. I'm all trash. I'm trash. Just anyway, sure. I think I'm, I'm working on, like, defining, like, my boundaries and, like, what they are. I think... The biggest one is obviously like respect. Like you have to respect me, and I'll respect you right back because I'm going to treat you the exact same way you treat me. I don't give a fuck who you are. And I think this, I don't know if this is like a boundary or like more of like a motto for like a work life balance. It's like everyone you work with is not your friend and does not need to know all your fucking. Oh business. yes, keep true. your shit to Name yourself. Then your friends. Then okay. your friends.
2: Okay. Your friends are your friends. Like, yeah. Just Trust r- no like, one.
1: Your work friends. I trust aren't y'all you, though.
2: No, oh, well,
0: yeah. yeah. It's it's like, cool. I mean, yeah they my work yeah. friends though. You know, I, I, but I don't trust I, 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 no, no, but. Oh, but did we, you call me your work friend, nigga? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. The fuck? We were work friends first
1: bitch, and then
2: we
0: worked bitch. on it. And then we really That's true. Yeah. We were work
2: friends too. And now we're real friends. I love you. friends. I thought you,
1: were ta- I thought you were talking about me and you. I was like, bitch. No, yeah, that's it. It's like your work <laughs> friends aren't necessarily real life friends. So just keep that like boundary. Like no matter how close you think you are, like you don't need to share your whole entire business because that will at some point be held against you. Be
2: careful. Yes. So people will come for you. Trust. No,
0: bitch. That's why I don't tell people I work. Yo, it's none of
2: damn business.
0: <laughs> but this is a great place to end. Um, I want to thank Suhail and Devorne for your time, for coming out Yay! here on a weeknight and to talk about, um, confrontation. And, um, you know, we should probably do a part two of this at some point, they but, um, should.
2: Yes. we will, we I'll will be on time.
0: <laughs> I blame the MTA. He won't, he's
2: <laughs> perpetually late. I've known him for eleven years. I'm later than him. Ten. Actually, I'll
0: <laughs> be late. I'll be late. But okay. But thank you guys for everything. We're gonna clock out.
2: Bye. <laughs>